0: This is Wayne Kaiser from the Ballycast Podcast at ballycast.com. I'm a Curioso, and you're listening to the Curioso Podcast. I have several tattoos, all with different meanings and points in my life that I'll always remember. But the strangest and probably the smallest was my first tattoo. I was probably the tender age of five or six and uh, gotten a small argument with my sister over a pen. And somehow in the struggle, she managed to stab me in the kneecap and to this day, I have a nice little Bic Blue dot on my knee. Thanks, sis.
1: Curioso.
2: A Curioso is someone who in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge.
1: Curioso
0: I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. So, Christopher. Yes? What is today's
2: topic? Today, we are going to be talking about something that you can put over every inch of your skin. And I'm not talking
0: about jello. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Tattoos.
0: <laughs> Tattoos. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you have some? I do have some, I have quite I, a few. Yeah, I have quite a few as well. Uh, and you, it seems that uh, you always, uh, after you get one, it's like, um, uh, I don't know, crack or chocolate, you, you just can't stop at one piece. Or, uh, or uh, Lay's. You mean the chips? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, people have been marking their bodies for thousands and thousands of years sometimes simple, sometimes elaborate, but always personal when it comes to tattoos, always. They've served as religious symbols, family ties, statements of love or hate. They've even been used as forms of punishment throughout Mm -hmm. the years. They've also been used uh,
2: sometimes as medical. Yeah. Uh, Back in the day, they would think that it uh, it would maybe be medical. So Mm -hmm. um, Way
0: back in the day. Yeah. Let me tell you. You want to know some history? Sure. Let's talk about it. All right. So, as far as I can tell, Egyptians were the oldest civilization known to use tattoos about 2,000 years ago, until 1991, near the Italian-Austrian border, a frozen mummy dubbed the Iceman. Oh, no. He has a name. He is
2: Oatsy. The Iceman, Otsi. It's it's an O with an
0: umlaut, uh-huh. T Z I uh-huh. Otsi. Gotcha, gotcha. So he was found, and he was dated as far back as five thousand two hundred years ago. That's awesome. And the tattoos on his body, we'll throw up some some pictures of him. The tattoos coincide with. Uh, um, some scans that they did of his bones and, and muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. And he had arthritis in his, in his hands, in his knees, and the tattoos were placed at those same spots. I saw that they were,
2: you know, just a few, like, dotted lines, like yeah. cut here, dotted lines, yeah, and, and things like that. It, it's, uh, I read that he actually had 57 individual mm-hmm. tattoos. Yeah,
0: so some may have been medicinal. And some probably were, you know, tribal markings for hi, my name's Bill, you Mm -hmm. know, or, uh, you know, don't go down where the Huskies go. Like, who knows? Like, it could have been anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, 5,000 years plus. Yeah, that's a very, very long time ago. For people doing tattoos. And then you go down the list of the Nubians. It's south of uh, Egypt. 2,000 years ago, they, they were... Employing tattoo methods, and then you've got the Pazrik of the Altai Mountains, and that's near Siberia. Mm-hmm. Two thousand four hundred years possibly, tattoos of mythical creatures were found on them. Oh, very cool! Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any mermaids. Maybe, <laughs> and also probably marks of like nobility or you know some sort of class system. Mm-hmm. And then you've got ancient Brightons, which were the Celtic people who lived in England at the time of the Romans. And the Romans actually named those tribes the Picti, which literally means the, the painted people. Mm-hmm. And then Greeks and Romans used tattoos to mark slaves. And you, they were also used as uh, to mark, you know, uh, someone belonged to a certain religious sect. Because during the Greeks and Romans, there was... Religious sex, you know, rampant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, believers in and monkey gods and golden cows and. I thought you were gonna say golden girls for a second. <laughs> probably, dude, Maybe. If, they, if the golden girls were on, you know, <laughs> probably on stage at that time, they were probably worshipped. Yeah, probably were. Um, little B. Arthur mm-hmm. tattoo, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I might, I might be my next one. I think I've seen a B. Arthur. Have you? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay, then also pre Columbian cultures, uh, like the uh, people from Peru or Chile, they used a lot of tattoos for like um, fertility tattoos. Okay. The term tattoo actually comes from the native word was uh, Tatao or Tatao. Is that T A T A U? Yes.
2: From the uh, Tahitians? Yes. 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 So James Cook did an expedition. Well, I I have that that means tattoo or tatou mm-hmm. means to mark
0: someone right. in the
2: Tahitian language.
0: Right. They were originally told it meant to hit or to strike or mm-hmm. to mark, but James Cook brought it back. His expedition was in nineteen or sorry, 1769 mm-hmm. to uh, Tahiti, and he brought it back. He actually you know started coining the term tattoo uh, around. 1774. So when people actually started going, what is this tattoo word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have. So they were uh, read
2: something about in Japan some of the earliest evidence of tattooing there, where they found some clay figures that had their faces painted uh, and engraved to represent tattoo markings. And some of the oldest figurines of that kind were recovered from tombs dated about 3,000
0: BC. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, mean,
2: it's it's been going on uh, for very, very long.
0: Yeah, and they were probably using you know, I mean, all those methods or those are ancient ancient
2: methods mm-hmm. you know well you have a uh, you all I mean you have like the Samoa uh, the, they have a, a very rich tradition of applying tattoos and the, their word for it is you know what you were saying before the tattooed t-a-t-a u mm-hmm. which means by hand right and uh, so but that was really reserved for like ranks and titles of chiefs um, and and you know also some of like Birth orders and things mm-hmm. like that, yeah. and uh, some of the Hawaiian people and their traditional tattoo art, known as kaku or k a k a u, it it wasn't really just for ornamentation and, and distinction, but it was to guard their health, spirituality, well being, and it's done in these very intricate uh, patterns. Uh, I mean, the, the Maori. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever seen the markings on people's chins, you you know, you'll see a lot of bike messengers with that today. But, you know, <laughs> right, originally right. it was, you
0: know, a, a Polynesian tattoo or a moco is what it's called. Right. And most of those, those were those are family oriented tattoos. Yes. You know, it had to yes. deal with the lineage of the family. So, I mean, a, again, it goes back to tattoos yeah. are all. Always personal, yeah, and that, that like uh, communicated like their status, right? Status. The lines of
2: descent and tribal affiliations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and it recalls the where's exploits and war and other events in their life. Yeah, that would happen. So, yeah,
0: also if, if they were, you know, uh, good fishermen or they lived near the mountains and um, their hunting exploits and things like that. So they they had specific tattoos for specific things. But then they would also fold those into like the family crest or the family design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very elaborate tattoos. I have something that uh, you know
2: that uh, I thought it was really neat about the the Celts. Yeah. Uh, there there were a bunch of tribal people just just like the the Britons, like what you were talking about. And the Celts were about uh, 700 BC, and they uh, they reached the British Isles around 400 BC. And uh, what survives of their culture is basically the Irish now. Yeah. And uh, you know Wales and Scotland they were in, but the, the, the they were had a lot of body art. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of what they used, the permanent body ink that they actually used was called woad. And it, the woad was the type of ink, and it left like a blue design on their skin. Uh, they typically used things like spirals and things like that. Um, uh, but then you also had this knot work where you hear the Celtic knots. yeah, and yeah. that way they were typically tattooed on people's bodies, uh, forward lineage, and you know it was all these intricate weight um, uh, braids and things like that would mm-hmm. be, and they would symbolize, you know, connection to all life, as in everything's woven together. Uh, so I thought that was a very, very neat, uh, you know the the celts, and you always, you know, hear about the. The woven braids and the Celtic knots. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a you know people are still getting them today. Oh yeah, I don't think yeah. they're getting them with woad, but you know maybe they yeah. should if they wanted to be traditional. Woad. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of a uh, lot of tattooing along uh, the North American uh, Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there was these accounts coming back from uh, Jesuits who mm. who uh, I guess were early colonists. Um and that the practice was widespread along uh, the Native Americans, among the Chickasaw, um, I mean, and lots of other different, the Iroquois, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sure many other, many other groups uh, or tribes. But those were just two that I, I, I saw, and they were to indicate marital status or group identity or things like that. Some of the, the uh, Inuits' women's chins were tattooed, kind of like the Maori, yeah.
0: to, to indicate the marriage. And, I mean, some of the, just doing the research, mm-hmm. some of the ancient tools and methods, mm-hmm. is ridiculous. I mean, and some of them are still employed today. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I mean, originally, really, where tattooing uh,
2: m- probably came about it, what what most of the accounts that I've read, it probably came about where someone had a cut on their arm or on their leg or something like that. Yes they rub, maybe rubbed a little bit of ash in it. Yeah, and they were by got, the campfire or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah, it got embedded in their skin, and then mm-hmm. once it healed up, they noticed that it left a mark. Yeah. So yeah. once they found that out, you know, and it's it's just like, oh, well, the invention of fire, you don't really know how long it happened, there was no historical record, but right. it was so long ago that that's probably how we imagined that it would come about. Yeah,
0: I mean, you gotta think, Hand sanitization mm-hmm. was probably not on the highest level of day to day, you know, thoughts, mm-hmm. and the possibility of cuts and scrapes and things was pretty high, mm-hmm. you know, just in, in the nature they lived in. It, it just stands to reason that's probably how it happened, mm-hmm. you know. So, I'm sure that they, after that, they probably started using uh, sharpened bones and things like oh, that to start, no, go there, ahead. Here's a list, here's a list I know, of things. I,
2: I know you have plenty about this.
0: Yeah, okay, so you've got things like conch shells, tortoise shells, bones of all different kinds of animals, specific bones from specific animals in some cultures, You mm-hmm. know, were the only things they would use. Oh, it's like ritual. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, different kinds of wood, uh, stones, Um, brass, glass, thorns, fish bones, pretty much anything they could sharpen Mm -hmm. and cut themselves, prick themselves, themselves. or stab themselves with, people would use it. Mm -hmm. Here's a little breakdown of the three basic tattooing methods. Okay. Okay. You've got piercing. All right. Okay. Piercing is usually done at an acute angle. There's less force. When it's driven into the skin, mm-hmm. and then you've got puncturing, which takes a lot of force, and it's usually done you know directly into the skin, like a ninety degree angle into the skin, right like like today's uh, tattoo machines they're generally ninety degree angle straight in mm-hmm. and uh then you have cutting, okay uh, and then of course, cutting is you know slicing the skin open, rubbing some stuff in there, letting it heal up, sometimes doing it again to make sure you get a nice, thick line. Mm -hmm. And those are your your three basic methods that have not changed.
2: Now, what you were talking about with the cutting, there's something that's related to tattooing, but it's not exactly tattooing, and that would be like branding?
0: Yes. So it's done
2: in some tattoo shops, but... Especially in Africa, where the people are very, very dark, mm-hmm. you can't actually tattoo the skin. So instead, right. what they would do is they would do little tiny cuts and then let it heal up. And eventually, what that does, that leaves you with a scar and it's an a keloid scar. Yes, and yes. A, and a raised bump. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know, I've actually seen some of this on TV. With the, they go and they see some of the African tribes. Oh and yeah, things. yeah. And um, that will be done, you know, for uh,
0: moving on to manhood or something yeah, like that. Sometimes at the early age of four, that's is great, when that yeah. starts. Uh, There's a tribe, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. There's a tribe that actually cuts themselves to look like alligators. Oh. Because they believe that uh, way back in the day, there was a a mystic uh, member of their tribe who talked to alligator gods, Mm -hmm. and the alligator took him into his sanctuary, taught him all these secrets of the the wild and secrets of the alligator, and when he came out, he had these markings of the alligator skin. Mm -hmm. So, from then on, that tribe began to do that as as a a rite of passage for their boys to become men and have the alligator gods' strength with them, Mm -hmm. always. So yeah, very much like tattooing, very much. A lot of it, a lot of the early stuff is rites of passage, you know, milestones, things like that. So some examples of the methods. The Inuit tribes of Canada and Alaska, they use the puncturing methods. That's where, you know, it's either a a needle or or something, and it's just the, the skin is pulled or tightened, and then it's run at a... A smaller you know acute angle for mm-hmm. they kind of it's kind of almost like like the needles are going in sideways you mm-hmm. know pushing the skin it's pushing just, the ink into the skin sideways Jack. yeah yeah you're not directly forcing it into the skin uh there's even a tribe uh, that sews oh. with, with a needle and thread mm-hmm. it's ancient 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 they basically will run the needle through the skin mm-hmm. like you would Sewing a handbag or a you know a ripped shirt or something, and the thread, which was probably cat gut or or something fibrous, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that would hold the soot or the the ash or whatever whatever kind of ink that they were using, right? That would run the ink through the hole that the needle just made, mm-hmm. and you could. Whip stitch, you could (laughs) do whatever you want. Leaving
2: some behind, and then once you pull the thread all the way through, it's left your your line. Right,
0: right. And that's just going, you know, beneath the first and second layer of skin. So you're Mm -hmm. not going into your skin sewing, you know, big holes. You're just gliding along that that thin line. The edge, yeah. You're, You're actually going in between the layers of skin. Right. And also, Burma monks use brass or glass rods, sometimes four feet long, to push the ink into the skin while like assistants hold the uh, the person down and stretch mm-hmm. out the skin and these rods are huge, it's like a cane, it's like a you know little single point needle or a couple of points tied under the end of the, this this big long you know rod, and you see the monks and just you know jabbing 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 and not at straight down angles doing the same kind of it's thing. It's a side side angle. Yeah. yeah, very much like the the Japanese. Uh, what they'd call um, taboori with the the little hand held one. Yes, yeah. uh, With the multiple needles and they'd hold the skin and just jab the heck out of you. It really looks like like a like a like a
2: harpoon. I mean, it's, it's, you have a whole bunch of little tiny, but it looks like a fishing spear. Right, right, You know, exactly. that you would see, like, uh, so, you know, someone in Polynesia using or something like that. And that's what they're using to just push the, the, mm-hmm. the ink underneath of the skin. And I can't imagine that Yeah. that is going to be... I mean, I've had plenty of tattoos before, but
0: I can't imagine that that would be... Uh, Pleasant. Easy to sit for. <laughs> right, right. Um, so some of the cutting methods... Uh, Like we already talked about, some of the uh, Maori tribes have used those Mm -hmm. in the past. Some of the African tribes have used cutting and it's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. You're cutting the skin, placing a pigment inside, letting it heal up, sometimes cutting again. And that's pretty much the, the cutting method. Now, the more modern is, you know, everything's forced in with multiple needles. With the aid of machine. Yeah. The original but, uh, but thing.
2: Before before we get in, I, I wanted to What do you did we discuss tapping? That that's along the same lines as what we do now. With a tattoo machine. And by the way, it's always called a machine. It's never called a gun because a gun shoots people. Tattoo <laughs> right. artists don't like that. No, don't walk don't. in and say, Hey, can you pick up your tattoo gun and give me a tattoo? And shoot me. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> they don't like that. Don't say it. And don't really call it a parlor. I don't know why they don't like that one, but the they parlor? don't. They, they don't like to be called a tattoo parlor. It's now called a tattoo shop. Yes, that's just uh-huh. the way Even it is. Even a
0: tattoo artist getting two PC. Yeah,
2: yeah. They just, <laughs> that's how they like it, you know? So, right. I, you know, I'm fine with that and I'm fine to oblige because yeah. it is their art and they can call it whatever they want.
0: True, true. So,
2: but. Um, I, I wanted to talk about a little bit. yes, it was a, a gentleman by the name of Samuel Riley who took the idea of the tapping tattoo. Mm-hmm. but he actually took a and and used a magnetic um, magnetic uh, 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 machine mm-hmm. a magnetic engine, yes, okay, uh, an electric engine, and he invented the electric tattoo machine and that happened in 1891
0: originally based on edison's stencil machine Mm -hmm. uh, it was an automatic stencil machine okay he took that idea from edison's original patent and And changed it into a tattoo machine very very cool pretty much unchanged the 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 design and the idea Mm -hmm. since you know well what i think what i think is cool is is because the tattoo
2: machine was invented in 1891 mm-hmm. but that wasn't the first actual tattoo shop It was actually before that it was almost 50 years before that mm-hmm. it was in 1846 the first tattoo shop opened in New York City and uh, it was 1846 and it began the tradition of tattooing uh, military servicemen on both sides of the Civil War really yeah, and I have a name here, and I'm a little shaky on this one, but I think it's Martin Hildebrandt who established it okay. uh, on Oak Street in New York City in 18 uh, 1846. Wow! So I just think that's really neat, and uh, but it wasn't until 1891 that the electric tattoo machine was invented. So this guy was probably jabbing the needles just like, just like the uh, the, the, the horries, uh,
0: yeah. you
2: know, the Japanese or or the the. Um,
0: Yeah, the Polynesian tribes. Yeah. Wow. So for this episode, we actually went to a tattoo shop not a parlor (laughs) and uh, did a brief interview
2: with? With uh, Tony DeVille and uh, his lovely wife, uh, Casey, and a few of their friends that hang out at the shop and uh, some of their partners and things like that. And uh, we did a a little bit of a quiz with them, and uh, you're going to be able to uh, listen to that yeah, we're gonna put that on now. Well, I actually have a uh, I actually have a pop quiz. Uh-oh. I don't know how you guys feel about this, so I we have sure. a little time, time for this. She's a test taker, so all right. So this is basically uh, a pop quiz that I have on old maritime uh, tattoos. I so, know some of these. Go ahead. So okay, so we're gonna start off with uh, with piercing. Okay, mm-hmm. the, uh, tattoos and piercings. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, the ear piercing. Do you know why? um why sailors would originally get their ears pierced yes she does
3: um that was where they held their gold that was how they um, kept their gold.
2: That is one one reason. It, it's just like when you find like a con man or like a like a grifter, and he wears the pinky ring. Yes. Uh, it's so that in case he dies, all of his friends don't have to pay for it. So that is one one of the reasons. The other thing is is that um, the ear piercing it is an acupressure acupuncture point uh, that is supposedly supposed to help you with your eyesight. So when oh, sure. sailors would get their their ears pierced, it would be for their for their eyesight yeah, as well. That. So and specifically, there's another thing. Uh, with black pearl earrings the reason why they wore a black pearl earring uh, through their piercing would because they were a uh, survivor of a sinking ship No oh, yeah good so hmm. do uh, do does anybody know why when what what the symbolism behind a sparrow tattoo is I mean it's a very classic tattoo the bad
3: part about it is is I know a little bit out of all of these but mm-hmm. in my short memory they've all become one reason
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I may answer the same
3: question a few times with the same answer. Right. Um, the Sparrow, I believe, is the equator.
2: No, it, it's, that's coming a little bit okay. later. So, you know, they're, they're, I'm giving you a freebie there. Okay, but right. the Sparrow is for every 5,000 nautical miles traveled. So every single oh, Sparrow right. you get is for every 5,000 nautical miles. So yeah, once you get 10,000, you get another one.
3: The Sparrow points depends upon which way you went.
2: I did not know if that. You came from like if you were
3: if you were us, your sparrow would point to the right mm-hmm. because we would come off the right coast. If we were, we were there and you would point to the left to go to the. Left. Oh, okay. See, I nice. didn't know that. Now, see, I didn't. I see. I know a lot of it, but I've been uh-huh. doing this for so long, and <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> they get jumbled get, up.
2: Yeah. So uh, the does anybody know the significance of a uh, the pig and the rooster tattoo?
0: Mm. No clue.
3: Okay. Pig and the rooster. I know the hold fast on the on the fingers. I know the cold shuts on the hands. I mean on the wrist.
2: Uh, yes, because neither one of them can drown. And do you know why that is? Um, That's okay because I'll tell you. So yeah, I was the you would have saying. the pig on the left foot or mm-hmm. the left knee, yes. and then the rooster on the left knee or the right knee or the right foot. And the reason why is that uh, the pig is uh, the pig and chickens were typically shipped in uh, containers inside uh, uh, like wooden crates. So when the ship went down, they would actually float to the surface and the, the pigs and the chickens were... A lot of the time, the only survivors. So if you jumped <laughs> onto the the, the, the the chicken crate or the the pig crate, mm-hmm. you would feasibly be able to float to shore. Yeah, uh, right. you know, mm-hmm. and, and have. I was, I was most. I was
3: there a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. definitely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that they that they also say, um, it's uh, so pig on the knee, uh, sa- safety at sea, cock on the right. Never lose a fight Right So that was one of the things And uh, yeah Because they were Floating in with a wooden crate. Yeah I knew there was a rhyme In there with that
3: too I just couldn't remember what
2: it was So if you were Typically to get A palm tree Or a hula girl tattooed Where would you have visited Hawaii Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That one's pretty easy. And then, uh, well, you mentioned the hold fast on the knuckles. Yep. So, And that was uh, holding the, hold rope. the rope. So right? yeah. you when right? You had mm-hmm. to
3: throw, throw lines yep. and stuff.
2: So uh, the anchor tattoo, which is so prevalent now, but originally it was for uh, maritime sailing. Bye Does, bye. <clears throat> do you know the significance, though? What did you say <laughs> <one?
1: laughs>
2: uh, it was? Yeah. Yeah. The significance is cr- once you have crossed the Atlantic Ocean. That's where well, you I get know, your, your yeah, I know tattoo. there's
3: different markings for different things, like uh, not tattoo related wise, but if you here comes Jorge, the wealth of knowledge. There's mm-hmm. um, a, a, the right. a cock on my right. I will never listen <laughs> to fight. <laughs> <laughs> that is the really bad, the pseudo Mexican Portuguese guy <laughs> <laughs> that's from his home country of New Jersey doing an Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's
0: pretty
3: bad. But he does have a cock on his. He right, does. So. He has a Portuguese cock.
2: How about fully rigged ship tattoo? Oh.
3: That one I don't know either. Mm.
2: That means that you have sailed around uh, the Cape Horn in Chile, which oh, okay. means that you've gone all the way, before they did before the, Pan- the Panama, Panama Canal, right. you had to go all the way around. Okay. How about a golden dragon, specifically a golden dragon? Mm. To China, Maybe. No, that is just any normal dragon, typically in red, but a golden dragon. That's what I
3: was getting ready to say. I know that if you didn't get tattooed up to about World War II on your Cracker Jacks, which was the blue uniform, Mm -hmm. you could actually have the red dragons embroidered on the cuffs of your Uh sleeves. And I know that translated over into tattooing as well. Um, But to be the gold dragon... That means now. that you've
2: crossed the international dateline, which oh, is the, should, the 180th yeah. meridian or so. Yeah, right. so um, and then you would also mention, the, 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 I believe, the rope around your wrist. The rope around your wrist. That yes. means that you were a dock hand at one point. Yep. So basically, you've worked your way up. So uh, the shellback uh, or the tortoise? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Anybody? I, no Mueller. No, I don't know that. Mueller? One. <laughs> yeah. That Polar. means that you have qu- crossed the equator.
3: Oh, that's the one. See, I knew again. that there was one to mark the equator.
2: Yeah. So, uh, how about? Um, I wonder why
3: it's turtle. Okay, I'm going to sure. do this the other yeah. way. Okay. Uh,
2: this is a tattoo that is uh, prevents you from drowning. A per- tattoo
3: prevention. that prevents. You mm-hmm.
2: from I'm drowning. doing this one the other way around. Hmm.
3: I have no idea. Okay. Actually, as soon as you tell me, I know exactly what it's going to be. But
2: a lot of uh, sailors would get t- propellers
3: that on their
2: ass on their butt cheeks yep. <laughs> see, a, a see, propeller I exactly on each butt was, cheek yeah. and it would prevent you from from drowning so uh, the only the last one that I have here is about the, uh, the nautical stars so go ahead Nautical star
3: one, depending upon the color and the side of the of it of it means something.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I know, like a red and black is perseverance. Red and green, I mean. uh, There are
2: different things for the for the the different colors. So many knots that you traveled. Also, that was
0: you got a nautical star for every thousand knots or something.
2: Well, there there's it can change, you know, but Mm -hmm. there are. Basically, you have uh, you have the port side or the left side, yes. and that is typically in red, and the reason why is because on the port side, you have a, have a red light, uh, yes. so that, you know, you know basically when you're passing somebody, just like in a vehicle now, we drive on the right side of the road unless somebody's listening from England, right. uh, and, and, you know, so you would have the red on the left or the port, and on the starboard, that's you would have the right and the, the green, so that's, you know, and I have my my nautical stars yeah, right there uh, yeah, and uh, with That's the awesome. red and the green yeah and they're correct yeah yeah <laughs> yeah which I, and they basically they symbolize polaris the north star which would never ever set or change in the sky right. they would guide your way so yeah so that was the last one that i had there So my act, the Scarred and Dangerous Thrill Show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curiosity.
1: Now, all dangers considered. A moment for Dangerous D. Anyone who has a decent amount of ink has a funny tattoo story. Well, here's one of mine. One night, me and Chris Scarborough were hanging out at DeVille Inc. with our good buddy and killer tattoo artist, Tony DeVille. I don't know how we did it, but we convinced Tony to let me and Chris tattoo each other. So, collectively, we came up with the gayest thing possible, a unicorn. Chris actually did a great job tattooing me, considering he can't draw a stick figure and has the coordination of a friggin' booger. When it was my turn to tattoo... As you know, Chris likes to talk and was engulfed in conversation. so I took the opportunity to tattoo a penis on his shoulder. I thought it was freaking hilarious. But Chris didn't at all. He actually started to choke me. But Tony DeVille stepped in and saved the day with the quickest tattoo cover-up in recorded history. And that's real. Dangerous D. Over and out. Wow.
2: So I kind of wanted to talk about um, a few innovators, but before I do, I wanted to tell you, I've actually watched three separate documentaries to get ready for this podcast. Okay. Uh, the first one was called Modify, uh-huh. and it had uh, had uh, the, the gentleman stalking cat the guy who he has oh, all the yeah. modifications and the, the teeth, whiskers, the whiskers, mm. yeah. and the animatronic tail. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> He's pretty got the crazy. Whole nine. Has uh, Eric, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has like Eric Sprague, the lizard man, and a right, few, right, a few other uh, heavily tattooed people mm-hmm. uh, in it as well. And that was pretty good, but they you know, they do a, they talk a lot about branding and they talk a lot about. Um, different piercings and tongue splitting, subdermals,
1: and, and, yeah, and all
2: those things. Yeah, exactly. All those, all those different things. Uh, I also, um, well, we'll I'll, I'll get to the other two when we get to the other two uh, uh, people that I want to talk about. But I guess the first kind of innovator I wanted to talk about was uh, Darwin Huck Spalding. Okay. Now, basically, what he did uh, in his younger years, he you know, he was in the merchant marines in the U.S. Army. Um, but he was uh, born December fifth, nineteen twenty-eight. He passed away this year in two thousand thirteen at the age of eighty-four. But he was like a ca- uh, a classic car enthusiast, and he even drove NASCAR and he had like a mm. few winning races. So yeah. you, I, when I was looking it up, there was he had an entry in a few NASCAR. Oh, uh, nice, yeah. nice! So he he definitely had a lot a of, lot of different things that he did. But basically, he started the Huxbalding Company, which. Um, It was one of the first companies to bring uh, clean needles and things like that to people. So back in the day, you would have to actually solder all your your needles together. Yeah, Yeah. so he was one of the first people that put a company together to be able to sell you uh, their needles. Um, and and, and all kinds of accessories and inks and things like that. So I I just think he was kind of like a a neat character. Hmm. Um, One of the things that I know, I've heard a few tattoo artists talk about, they think that he was a hack. They just didn't like him because (laughs) uh, in the later years, you know, you would see a lot of his ads in the back of pretty much almost every single Uh, tattoo magazine. I was going to say,
0: if you picked up Tattoo Savage, any international tattoo, you saw... A Spalding ad for exactly. tattoo kits or, or the uh, inks or something.
2: Yeah, and they they a lot of tattoo artists did not like and do not like the fact that he made it so accessible for yeah. people and uh, what some people call scratchers, mm-hmm. people yeah. that don't really know how to tattoo and just start off in their basement, and they're mm-hmm. not cleanly, and they give people infections and things like that. Hepatitis,
0: so, AIDS. You need yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You have to be clean. You have to have an autoclave. You have to know how to do this kind of thing properly. Yeah. Which is why I'll never be a tattoo artist <laughs> um, uh, because I can't do all that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just uh, you know I just thought he
0: definitely deserves uh, at least a slight mention. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I saw through the, throughout the research was that a lot of the old school tattoo artists get you know pretty uh you know pretty hard on, on the newer guys mm-hmm. uh, in the past 15 20 years or whatever you know and one of the things they said was you know these new guys they don't even know how to make their own needles yeah which yeah. is like you know those guys they were the guys you know that's what they soldering did. their own needles yeah like and i
2: believe that the mike malone he was one of uh, he was one of the proteges of sailor jerry Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Malone uh, in the one documentary that I I, I watched, which was uh, um, "Hori Smoku Sailor Jerry." Okay, uh, Mike Malone talks about uh, the uh, the black T-shirt kids. Right and the, all the new tattoo artists are the black t-shirt generation where right, they just right. wear black. Like you go through a tattoo convention and they're all wearing black t-shirts, every mm-hmm. single one of them. And I just thought that was really funny, you know. And he eventually took on a guy, um, who who was one of those black t-shirt generation, but taught him right and taught him. It, it's just like you know, you know. I I hate to always bring sideshow analogies and things like that, but. But you know, it's the same thing with sideshows or anything old. Yeah. You know, you, you well, have a lot classic of that, car guys.
0: Yeah, you have. There are always that. these
2: grumpy old freaking men that just want to give you a hard time, <laughs> right? You know, and that's just the way that they are. And you either accept it or you don't. Because
0: it was it was a, a passed down thing.
2: Exactly, with hand, all of those, yeah, hand to mouth, passed down. Yeah, uh, you know, wor- word of mouth, and and that's how you learned. Yeah, you you so. paid your dues. You swept up the shop. You. Mm-hmm. You know, you love a real the tools. apprenticeship. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what's really cool is that is actually still alive in a lot of shops. A real a, yes. true apprenticeship. Yes, and, so. and sadly, some don't. So uh, one of the other, I think that this guy is universally known as uh, as an innovator, and okay. and I already talked about him a little bit, but that is uh, that is Sailor Jerry. So he was born Norman Keith Collins January 14th 1911 in Reno, Nevada. Mm. Uh he was uh actually a sailor. He was a mm. sailor uh he I believe that he had a problem where he could not for some reason because of his heart or something could not go into the actual navy. Okay. So he was in the Merchant Marines. Okay. So um one of the cool things about that because he was an actual sailor uh when he would he would he would go from you know town to town, and he would travel a few different places and things like that. And when he would, he would uh, he would tattoo sailors. And what's cool is when he would give someone a tattoo of an actual ship, right. the rigging would all be perfect it would ah, actually be correct because he right. knew the rigging nice. because he was an actual sailor. So he got a lot of respect for that right, as right. opposed to some other tattoo artists which, you know, wouldn't necessarily know the rigging. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, in our, uh, we talk about the propellers. Right. On your oh, cheeks. In, in the pop quiz. Yeah, yeah. in the pop quiz. Um, you know, he would, uh, his people, he would actually, you know, train, or his protégés, he would say, no, you got to put the propellers going this way, not uh-huh. that way, because, you know, that is not the correct way that the propellers actually turn.
0: Right, right.
2: So, yeah, so uh, Sailor Jerry, he was really, like, uh, he, he had so much to to do with early tattooing. He eventually set up uh, a shop in, uh, in, uh, in Honolulu, Hawaii.
0: Mm-hmm started making rum
2: he did he was actually a <laughs> rum maker he had his own and in fact you can buy sailor Jerry rum uh, yep. today
0: yeah
2: eventually uh, he wound up it wasn't him it was actually after his death he uh, he, he actually passed away uh, on June 12th uh, 1973 at the age of 62 from a heart attack ah. but um, one of his rum recipes is actually done by a t-shirt company out of Philadelphia that uh, that started doing some of his artwork mm-hmm and then eventually decided to take his rum recipe, go to a, you know, a distillery a, and a and, ha- and have them make it. Yeah. Nice. But he spent a lot of, a lot of time going. He actually, you know, he went to Japan, China, right. uh, and, and he, I mean, he went all over the place, you know, traveling, um, uh, to the far East. Learning different methods, different designs. From, from different people. And, right. you know, so, you know, they talk about in this, uh, this documentary that he was, you know, maybe had some racist tendencies and things like that. But you know what? what? What was the time frame? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, like the 40s and 50s and things yeah. like that. But that's the thing is that that was kind of an accepted norm back in the day, especially the surly old sailor. Well, especially considering the fact that he was also uh, he was uh, in Honolulu. He was in mm-hmm. Hawaii. And you know, Pearl Harbor, and the war going on at yeah, the time, yeah that you know he had he had some problems with the Japanese, but he actually went there. And his idea was he knew that the Japanese were very good tattoo artists. He had seen their work, mm-hmm. and he went over there. he went to to train with them. And upon coming back, what he really thought was cool, you know, what, what their the way they used their their lines, the horries, mm-hmm. Uh their their lines, their their the different kinds of shading, the colors would really pop. Yeah. and he took that and he said, you know what, I'm going to learn from them. Then I'm going to mm-hmm. take it back to America and I'm going to blow them away and make it better. Yeah, that was like his yeah. idea and his understanding of it. Yeah. So some of the popular symbols that that he used, uh, bottles of booze, snakes. Wildcats, you know, the infamous Aloha Monkey, yeah. the monkey with the Aloha, with the uh, the O being uh, the, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, eagles, falcons, anything. He was always very much about um, about America, you know, so he had a lot of America. flags. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very he was. patriotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the motorheads, pistons, nautical stars, anything mm-hmm. to do with sailing, but a lot of his uh, motifs were life and death and sex and, and, and anything that was really um, very, he was very passionate about. And yeah. and these sailors were very passionate about Yeah, of course. He even, he developed his own pigments. Hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that they talk about during the, uh, you know, what was that he invented, pur- he didn't invent purple, but he actually found <laughs> a purple that would stay in someone's skin. Right. right. So, but he was also a huge jokester. Uh, you know, one of the first things that, you know, he went to go, um, he, he learned from uh, another gentleman, um, Tats, was okay. the guy's name. I believe it was Tats Collins. Okay. Uh, from uh, He was uh, tattooing somewhere out of um, Chicago or something like that. Right. So uh, Tats brings him to a morgue in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, you know, my buddy's the mortician. What we learn, you know, we learn, we learn how to tattoo on dead bodies. So, you know, Jerry at the time, you know, he, he sits down, you know, and he's sitting there and the guy's on the slab. He gets out his tattoo machine, you know, he, you know, he sets it all up. And he starts tattooing the guy, and as soon as he hits the guy, the guy gets up and screams, ah! You know, and Jerry <laughs> dro- drops his machine on the ground. And he's like, ah! You know, so he has jokes played on him. So he, he right. in turn, he in turn sends it uh, as well. So he's he's got his shop in in Honolulu, mm-hmm. okay. And uh, one of the other artists comes in and he says, you know, your flash is amazing. How do you really get that the red and everything to pop? And he says, well, what I actually do is I take sugar. And I mix it into my ink, and it really makes everything come out. So one of the other artists, you know, he takes and he paints all his flash, you know, you know after mixing sugar into everything, he comes in the next uh, the next morning to open up his his tattoo shop, and all the roaches, (laughs) these roaches are all over all of his flash, eating the red ink off of everything because you know, you know he had mixed the sugar into it. He was a great big jokester himself, you know. Nice. So, but one of his. one of his proteges was uh, was uh, Don Ed Hardy, and ah. uh, yeah, he was a another uh, American tattoo artist. He was raised in Southern California, so you might know. Uh, Ed Hardy from uh, t-shirts. The t-shirts, right? Um, you know, all kinds of. Th- so uh, the, the the documentary that I watched about him was uh, it was called uh, Ed Hardy Tattoo the World. Okay, and it really portrayed him as a as an artist, a real artist. He actually went to school uh, at the San Francisco Art Institute, mm. and one of the reasons why Sailor Jerry actually took him in and had some correspondence with him was because he was an actual tattoo artist that went to school for it he wasn't wow. just self-taught or anything like right, that he, right. he thought that was very interesting Sailor yeah. Jerry did so that was one of the reasons why he started corresponding with them you know and eventually he went out to go uh, Ed Hardy went out to go work at his shop mm-hmm. so uh, you know he worked there for a few years and then he actually went over to Japan and started learning learning with some of the Horis, right. and uh, the, um, the the master tattoo artist that would do the full body tattoos yeah. So I just thought that was really cool, and I think that uh, I think that Ed Hardy now you see all these T-shirts, and you see you know the colo- like Ed Hardy cologne and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, basically it's
0: a name brand now. That's all it is. It is,
2: but you know what? He is a real artist, and all he did was he right. took his art and he handed it to some promotion company, and yeah. the promotion company said, "I know what we need to do. We need to bring these to the most expensive areas and sell." Your 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 traditional tattoo designs there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they did, I mean, and you know what? They made them lots of money.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's marketing. You know, mm-hmm. it's to be expected. I mean it's cool that he was a real artist. That it was a passion of his. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some made up name just to, to to market T-shirts or cologne. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, well,
2: see, you know when I when I first uh, you know, I've been into t- to tattoos, but I I, I I wasn't really until this that I really started looking into the history and mm-hmm. looking into some of the names and things like that. So, because yeah. I'll be honest with you, I have some tattoos on me that I can't tell you the name of the tattoo artist. <laughs> you know, and that's that's right. a faux pas. You should know yeah. the name yeah. of your tattoo artist, whether it is good or a bad tattoo. Yes. You should know it and 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 hold on to it because eventually you might you know be in a contest or something like that, yeah. or you know at least you should let people know who is tattooing you. But, you know, I digress. Uh, What I was talking about Ed Hardy is, you know, I had this idea of who he was because you see these guys, you know, all wearing his T-shirts and things like that. And, and. you know, and you're like, oh, this, these are this is douchebaggery at its finest, <laughs> right? <clears throat> but after watching this 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 movie, uh, Tattoo the World, I really got to know him a little bit as an, an artist, yeah. and I yeah. I have a way better uh, understanding of him. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was really funny. They they talk about, you know, someone one of the guys uh, at the promotion company comes up to him and he you know he calls him up and he goes, Ed, you have the uh, you have the number one selling cologne. And uh, Ed Ed Hardy says, "I have a cologne." <laughs> <laughs> so I just right. thought that was really funny. He doesn't even know half the stuff that yeah, the that marketing they're, they're putting are doing, out yeah. all the shoes and everything. He doesn't even know any of that. Yeah, you know, he's just out there creating art, mm-hmm. and uh, someone else is putting it on
0: wearable things. Yeah, exactly.
2: So the thing about tattoos is, is uh, you know, there's a lot of space on your body to cover. Right. And there are a lot of things about tattoos to cover. I mean, what, 5,000 years worth?
0: Yeah, over. And yeah. We're, we're not Possibly going to... more.
2: Yeah, we're not going to be
0: able to cover it in an hour-long podcast. Right, with all of our appendages, mm-hmm. all the skin we have between us, and the time we're allowed, we don't have it so don't have it but you
2: know what maybe we we might actually at some point go a little bit further into a specific subject about tattoos or yeah. piercings or yeah. things like that or maybe we'll talk about you know some of these modified people Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe do a whole episode about that. So don't be disheartened. We might come back to tattoos. <laughs> it is very, very, yeah. uh, you know. I mean, we talked about a little bit about tattooed people in our very, very first podcast side mm-hmm. shows. So you might want to go back to that if you get a chance. Yeah. So, but um, so don't be disheartened. We will probably come back to tattoos at some point. Yeah. Uh, but I, I uh, know I will be going back for tattoos. I will too. I will place. too. <laughs> so. So we'll be talking about it a little bit more. But uh, as for uh, as for this, I think this is about it. Whether you're a blank or whether you're a uh, completely tattooed person from head to toe, mm-hmm. we appreciate you listening to the Curioso podcast. Yep. I'm Christopher
0: Scarborough and I'm Joe Taylor. All right, tattoo it up. Yeah, let get some tattoos. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Tap, 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 <laughs> tap. That's what I'm getting. Or you
2: have those new uh, rotary ones that don't make any noise. Oh, just yeah. Like
0: get a chorus line going. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you later.
2: Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us. Feedback at thecurioso.com Our Facebook, facebook facebook.com backslash the curioso podcast we tweet at curioso podcast and if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on itunes please feel free